Good morning. Please join with me in a responsive call to worship that you find in your bulletins. Let us gather together in this hour in the grace, peace, strength, hope, and good courage that our Lord provides. Because God has put a new song in our mouths, we will sing with praise and thanks. Because God not only blesses us, but hears our cries, let us put our trust in God's steadfast love. Because God's law has been written upon our hearts, let us delight in doing God's will, in actually making God's steadfast love become real for those who do not experience that in their day-to-day living. Gathering in thankfulness and joy. Let us worship and pray, committing all that God has given to us for the celebration of life and for the care of all God's people. Please join with me in prayer. Let us pray. God of fresh possibilities, new life and healing, with a caring community of faith surrounding us, with your promise of spiritual renewal for our sometimes wearied souls, with endless possibilities for us to express our care and support for others, we thank you now. We thank you for leading us here, where we can gather in your sanctuary of peace, quiet, calmness, centering, compassion, and understanding. With your love, draw us near, make us whole, lift us up, challenge us, and lead us into your life of wholeness and peace. This we pray as we join together, as Christ taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning and welcome to Southport Congregational Church. We are so excited to be worshiping here with you on what is a beautiful sunshiny day filled with so many sacraments. So there are a number of announcements for the good of the community and as 
I say them, I recommend you read them for some more in-depth, and also take out those friendship registers that are on the insides and outsides of the pews. If you're new here, we're so happy that you're here. We'd love to get to know you, so drop us a line, write us a note, send us your email. And the first announcement is that this weekend, on Friday and Saturday, 35 incredible women gathered together for a time of fellowship and formation with really good food and a lot of heart and spirit for this, our 12th annual women's retreat. Um, so that took place this weekend. If you see a woman who you know is there, ask them what the fruits of the spirit are. It is a pop quiz. <laughs> and hopefully they'll have so much to share. Another announcement is that today, following service at around 11.30 a.m., we will be having a second hour program, continuing our series from YDS, Yale Divinity School, to SCC, Southport Congregational Church, on the study of theology. So you learned about the Synoptic Gospels, and now it's time to sit and listen to Dave Stewart and join us for an informal discussion on what are these things that we say so commonly? Salvation, Trinity, Atonement, Providence, Revelation. What do these words really mean, and how are they taught at places like Yale Divinity School, and what do they have to do with our faith lives? You can find that in the library after service. Also today in the library begins a really exciting program of Lenten March meditation series led by none other than Reverend Paul Whitmore that will begin today and go on March 12th and 19th from 4 to 5 p.m. in the library. Um, dress comfortably, be prepared for meditation regardless of whether you've ever meditated before or if that's a common practice for you. And just be sure that you arrive on time so that we don't disturb the meditative presence of that space. Um, another exciting announcement is that Pivot Ministries will be here next Sunday at March 12th, March 12th to sing. So they are a wonderful organization um, that does nine-month alcohol and drug addiction residential recovery program. They do incredible work, and part of that is bringing the spirit of song um, here to different churches throughout the state. So we'll be honored to welcome them into our service and have them join our musical repertoire. So don't miss it. It should be wonderful. And because Lent is a time for preparation, and that's the season that we're in, we are actively, if you can believe it, preparing for Easter. And so it's time for the Easter food basket drive. You can find more information in your bulletin, but also expect an email to sign up to bring food items to the church so that we can deliver them to our missions partners and those in need. We're also asking for your assistance to help us decorate the sanctuary for Easter. So please join in the tradition of filling the sanctuary with lilies and flowers, and you can purchase these flowers in honor of or in memory of a loved one. Each plant's $15, and you find that in the sheet in your bulletin, or you can talk to Pam in the front office. And then another thing we need signups for for that exciting Holy Week and Easter is Monday Thursday dinner. And the service of Tenebrae will take place on April 6th at 7 p.m., it is an incredible service um, that's incredibly reflective and also a great time to gather together in fellowship. So we are looking for reservations. Reservations will be accepted for church members first because there are only so many people that we can feed in one space. So if space allows, we'll accommodate guests, but you can fill that out either in your bulletin or with Pam. And 
As for the rest of that, we just hope that you enjoy worship here. And now we offer up our exciting baptismal recipients and the Reverends Paul and Laura Whitmore to share in this sacrament. They are so spot on, we didn't even get to say, now the McCabe's come on forward. <clears throat> they have prepared for this moment. Um, it is wonderful to have uh, Finn and Eve and Katie and Sean with us. Um, and I just have to ask, is my microphone on? Yes. I'm not sure if it's on or not. Okay. Okay, just barely. Maybe a little louder if we could. Thanks. Um, so, um, so today is, it is exciting um, because this is a time, <laughs> this is a time that is, that is so full of love and so full of support. Um, you know, sometimes we baptize babies and sometimes we baptize children, sometimes we baptize adults. And sometimes people say, when's the right time? And the right time is when you're ready. That's the right time. Um, and you are ready. And Laura and I got to talk with you and talk a lot about, you know, what baptism is about and the church and, you know, long, long ago and recent. We got to talk about the water and coming from the Sea of Galilee and the Jordan River and everything and, and about being able to say, thank you, God, for your life. And <clears throat> you have been loved very, very dearly. And you will continue to be loved very, very, very dearly by your parents. And the baptism, in the baptism, um, you all get to share your words of love and support and commitment. And um, the special part is, is that there is a different kind of love that uh, includes the way the world loves people. And some of it goes beyond or just in a little bit of a different direction. And some of the words that I love um, about it comes from a passage called 1 Corinthians 13. And it says, love is patient and kind. And that's what we practice. Love is not jealous or boastful. It's not arrogant or rude. Love does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. Or it lets it go as quickly as, as it can. <laughs> it does not rejoice at wrong, but rejoices in the right. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, and love never ends. And so it is with this tremendous joy and commitment that we are going to baptize the two of you with your parents right there today. <laughs> so before you were even born, God planned wonderful things for you. This loving family, this loving family and group of friends I see so proudly gathered here to participate and to watch. And now this community of faith, this church family that you have found. So as you are baptized today, may you always feel God's love around you and feel connected to the God who created you. So Katie and Sean, you are here to present your children for baptism. And so you are entrusted with gifts and responsibilities to live with them among God's faithful people, to bring them to the word of God and the holy sacrament of communion, to nurture them in faith and prayer, 
so that they may learn to love and to trust God and to care for others in this world that God has made and to work for justice and peace for all people. So do you promise to help Finn and Eve grow in their Christian faith and in the instruction and understanding of the love of God as understood through scriptures and traditions of faith? If so, please say, I will to my ability. Finn and Eve. As Paul mentioned, we have talked about this decision, and you are ready to be baptized. And so I ask you, do you promise to do your best to act in a loving manner to all people at all times so that through your words and your actions, people will see the love of God that lives within you? If so, you can just say yes, or you can say yes to the best of my ability. Nice. <laughs> Friends and members of this church, uh, Finn and Eve's Christian family and direct family and friends, I ask you all to please stand as a symbol of your acceptance of them into our sacred family and in joining them in the welcome of the universal church of Christ. Let's join together in the words printed in our bulletin. As the living and loving spirit of Christ, we as this family of faith Receive Finn and Matthew Eve McCabe and Eve Lily McCabe into our love and care. We promise to support them and their parents in their efforts to guide them in the way of life and faith, and will provide through our own example the knowledge and love of God. Thank you. You may be seated. Ready? All right. Eve, what is your full name? Eve Lily McCabe. Eve Lily, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. <laughs> they were looking so proud. <laughs> Finn, what's your full name? Finn Matthew McCabe. Finn Matthew McCabe. All right. Finn Matthew McCabe. I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come here, the both of you, where we get to give you a blessing. May God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May God lift his countenance up upon you now and forevermore and fill you with grace, with courage, with strength, with complete love. Amen. Now, come and, here. and now we get to share you with your congregation. So we say, yep. <laughs>
And we have for you um, a book. It's by Archbishop Desmond Tutu called Children of God, a Storybook Bible and Your Baptismal Certificate and a rose, which is a symbol, universal symbol of love. And may you take these and enjoy and may the word and spirit and may your love grow as it has up until this point and from now and evermore. God bless you. Amen. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right. Okay, you can take your seats. Thank you. And then is that that's your book? Please be seated. As we turn now to our time of quiet prayer and meditation, there are um, just a few people that we would ask that you keep in your hearts and your minds as we enter this time. Um, first, for Jennifer and Tim O'Neill and their family, uh, Jennifer's father, Frank Himes, died Thursday night after complications from a stroke. So we pray for them in this time of sorrow and loss and ask God to surround them with love. We continue to pray for Neil Rice, who has um, been released from the hospital and moved to Carrollton for rehab. We pray that he may find healing and strength in his struggle as God surrounds him with healing love. 
And we also add our prayers for Haley Stevenson. Haley's a young uh, adult member of our church. She has been in St. Vincent's Hospital for a number of weeks with an undiagnosed illness. Uh, she is now home and beginning her recovery. So we pray for her medical team to find the answers so that she can continue her path of healing as God surrounds her and her family with healing love. And of course, we continue to hold Patty Spate and her family in our prayers as they begin to adjust to life without our beloved Perry. Um, we invite you all to join us for his celebration of life service this Saturday at 11 a.m. here in our sanctuary. And may God's strength continue to lift them and all of us up and support us all through this time. And then for the people of the Ukraine who are fighting for their freedom, for the people of Greece who are grieving the deaths of loved ones in the train collision, for the people of Ohio who are suffering from the toxic fumes from that trail, train derailment, may our love for all of God's creation in all of its forms ignite us to do something to support freedom and safety for all. So with these prayers and then the prayers that are deep within your own hearts, let us turn them all to God. Let us pray. Most gracious God, we are on our Lenten journey, a time in which we are called to slow down our lives, to take some time to be with you, to assess how we're doing in our life of discipleship. You sent us Jesus who came and lived and loved as one of us, who suffered, died, and was resurrected as the greatest gift to us. How easy it is for us to remember and to celebrate this great gift at Christmas when people turn to love and charity, offering hope and joy to strangers they meet on the street, and we joyfully await the birth of the Christ child. But now, while we still celebrate that child, these days of Lent are seen as darker days. These are the days that symbolize Jesus' 40 days spent alone praying in the wilderness. And yet, God, Jesus was closer to you in those days than in many others. In those 40 days where his focus was on you and your will and desire for his life, he came out stronger, more focused, and understanding his purpose. He's a great reminder, God, that you call each one of us into our own wilderness as well. You long for us to stop our craziness, to set aside our schedules, to take some time to sit with you, to quiet our minds, to enter into the wilderness of our souls, and just be. And if we can do that, God, and when we do that, you promise us that you will meet us there. You will renew our vision of our own purpose in this life. You will strengthen us to live in this world with all its joys and sorrows, with all its pleasures and pains, with all its achievements and disappointments, 
and never lose hope. And through this time spent just with you, we will understand ourselves better. When we allow ourselves to become, to become comfortable in the silence of the wilderness, we will hear and understand Jesus' words when he said to us, No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I, I call you friends. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you, and this I command you, to love one another. And there it is, God. The answer to the questions we all ask, what is my purpose here? And the answer is simple. And the answer is truth. And the answer is the same for each one of us. We are here simply to love one another. So fill our hearts with your love, God. Help us to carry it with us in all our words and deeds. And remind us to return to the wilderness, to refresh and renew, to strengthen and to clarify our love for you and for one another. All this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. the hymn that we sang as the children were leaving in the third verse, we sang, grant to us a deep compassion for your children everywhere, and may we see our human family free from sorrow and despair. And that is what we do here at Southport Congregational in our own way, in our small way, but has big results in our small drop in the pond of life that sends out ripples that we're never really sure where they end. So in that spirit, may we give our gifts so that they can be used to compassionately and lovingly heal our children everywhere. This morning's offering will now be received and shared with those in need.
I'm going to break with tradition for just a moment because when we receive offerings, sometimes it's financial, sometimes people have an offering of time, and sometimes people offer the fruit of the tree of knowledge. So I'm going to return this offering to you while we accept these offerings from all of you. Let us join together. Generous God, the gifts you give to us are not just for our own benefit, but extend to and embrace the world around us. In response, we offer ourselves and our gifts with thanks for our ability to share in your love and grace. May you accept our gifts and our love in this spirit. Amen. Our uh, scripture reading this morning are Jesus' words from the Gospel of John, and um, they are a true tonic for the soul, and they are printed in your bulletin, and uh, I invite you to take a look at them, and we can read these words together. As Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Amen. Amen. So this morning we're going to talk about something that can seem trivial. But according to Jesus, it's one of the primary reasons for his entire ministry, and that is, as he said, so that we might have joy. You might go, really? <laughs> really? Wait a minute, you're saying... All this is so we could have joy? And the answer is no. That's not what I'm saying. That's what he's saying. But it's not joy as we might think of it, you know, like a fleeting pleasure. We take a bite of a candy bar or something and we go, oh, that's just good. And we feel kind of elated, you know, one moment or, you know, anything else um, that that might be just kind of fleeting and momentary. We're talking about something with depth and something that has lasting impact. Not a passing moment, but, but joy, complete joy as a state of being as we are walking through this world. Now, the Greek word for, for this that's been translated into English just as the word joy is kairo. And that's a word that has, has a, a larger presence and a larger fullness to it. You can take a look at this in your bulletins. It includes experiencing God's grace. 
That's big. What does that feel like to, to fully experience and live with God's grace? That includes things like the sense of ultimate well-being and contentment and deep abiding peace, gratitude, elation, rejoicing without limits, without limits. How much can you take? (laughs) And it's also grounded in, in 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 a base of contentment that has a reason for contentment. When I think about that, for one thing, I think, wow, that is fantastic. And you go, how do I get that? That would be wonderful. And then I think, you know, wait a minute. Our world has a lot of problems. And with all the serious things that are going on in that world, isn't saying that, that, that having joy is so important Isn't that kind of trivial? Shouldn't we put that on pause until some more important things are addressed? And to that, the clear answer is also a no. You don't want to pass on this. Why don't you want to pass on this? Because if you did, then you would be passing on The method of how do you get there? What leads to that joy? And how you get there is the method that leads to this sense of resonating well-being. It's the very thing. How you get there is the very thing that the world needs the most. And that is, as Jesus put it, the way you get to this place is by loving everyone. Just as he loves us. And isn't that the very thing that would lift people out of their suffering? If you keep my commandments, he said, you will abide in my love. And I've said these things so that my joy will be in you and your joy will be complete. Love one another, one another, as I've loved you. As Laura said, it's simple. And it's really profound. So number one, this is what God wants for us, for you to experience this complete joy, contentment, grounded euphoria as a way of being. And the way to get there is number two, the secret key, by loving one another. This is something that's life-transforming, it's world-changing. And it's something that's good for all. So now, when we talk about this... love and complete joy and, and, and euphoria and grounded in this, in this action. Some of you, depending on your backgrounds, <clears throat> depending on your experience with religion, your experience with Christianity, you might say, well, you know, this doesn't really sound like the kind of, uh, kind of Christianity that, that I know. It's a little too upbeat. <laughs> and there's a reason for that. And the reason is, it all depends on who you listen to. And what I mean is this. 
When I was in my first year in seminary, I was sitting in a church history class, and we were studying St. Benedict. Now, St. Benedict has a lot of good qualities, otherwise he wouldn't have been a saint. He founded the Benedictine Order in 530. And we read a book that was called The Rule of St. Benedict, which is understood to be a Christian classic. And in this book, he detailed the discipline, the ingredients, and the path that it, that it takes to live a holy and a spiritual life. And this is what he wrote. And, you know, as I read this, the joy just about leaps off of every page. <laughs> Where he wrote, day by day, remind yourself that you are going to die. Hour by hour, keep careful watch over all you do. As soon as wrongful thoughts come into your heart, dash them against Christ. Speak no foolish chatter and do nothing to provoke laughter. <laughs> See, now with St. Benedict we're here. He says, do not love boisterous laughter. Every day with tears and sighs, confess your sins to God in prayer and change from these evil ways in the future. <laughs> I'm in my first year in seminary. And when I was reading this, I was thinking, am I in the right place? <laughs> and you know what? I was in the right place. And you are in the right place because even though that wasn't the message that has influenced, I mean, that was the message that has, has influenced so much of the posture and understanding that was embodied by the church for hundreds of years. And honestly, you know, it's still the thing that's, that's taught in some churches. At the time, you know, 530, there was just the Catholic Church. That was it. And he heavily influenced that body. But you have to say, wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is what he says. But does this sound anything even remotely like what Christ had to say that we shared this morning about love and complete joy? And I thought, you know, if there's a difference between the words of a religious leader or even a religious body, between that and Jesus himself, who are you going to believe? Who are you going to believe? Right? Weirdly, a lot of the church went with St. Benedict as the ideal. Right? And that's one of those things that's helped give Christianity a bad name. Because you say, just instinctually, where's the love? Where's the joy? Where's the freedom? Where's the connection? Abide in my love, that my joy may be in you, that your joy may be complete. He said, this is why I have said all these things. So point number one, what does God want? It doesn't get much clearer than that. Point number two, there is a method. Love one another. But in spite of that, point number three, sometimes Christianity has gotten that wrong. And you have to say that. Which leads to point number four. 
which is, so what does it mean? What does it mean to love one another as God loves us? And this is where the beautiful work comes in. This is where rolling up your sleeves comes in, in a good way. Because while God wants for us this incredible joy and goodness and relief and peace and euphoric rejoicing, God wants this for everybody. And a lot of people don't want to let go of of what we already know, what we already have, what we call my life. We don't want to let go of what's behind door number two, door number two that we know, in order to get what's behind door number one. We want to hold on to our stuff. We want to hold on to our notions of what I think is best for my life. And so sometimes we come face to face with people who need us to love them as God loves us. But sometimes things get in the way. Our politics can get in the way. What other people tell us we should be doing. And maybe that way is not so loving. Maybe that's different than what Christ would tell us to do. And so we choose which God will we worship. And because of that, sometimes what happens is that we trade this joy and we trade this love for power and control, for controlling what we know and keeping what we have. We come face to face with people who need us to love them as God loves us. And sometimes we want to hold on to things. We want to hold on to our money. And again, we choose which God we will serve. And we get the requisite joy in return. This is not a judgment. This is describing what I'm pretty sure each one of us has has experienced many, many times in our life, and we've experienced this to be true. I have. I know what it feels like to see someone who's in need to feel that, and then to go like this. And I know what it feels like to, to know someone's need to experience someone who needs me to love them as God loves me and then to let it go and to offer that love. And I know what that feels like. It's a loving explanation of why aren't I more fully in this place of love and joy? And that's why. Door number one or door number two. The great thing is you can do something about it. So, in a loving way, I invite you to look at your life, to just how I describe, you know, the experience that that, that need in someone, and you go, I don't know, I don't think, you know, I can really, and, and notice what that feels like. Notice what's going on inside of yourself. And then notice the other. And choose which would you rather be in as a state of being. 
And notice what's holding you back. If you want to be more open, if you want to be more loving, if you want to be freer, more relational, more patient, more kind, what's holding you back at those times? Not to judge it, to notice it. As we all know, every one of us here, myself included, we can only go so far with any of these things. And then at, something, at some point, there's something inside of us that says, hit the brakes. Hit the brakes. Slow down, pull back. Is it security? Is it fear of giving away the store? My God, if I start giving, I'm just going to end up with nothing. Hit the brakes. Is it control of my time? You know, if I open myself more to, to this love, where's that going to lead? I mean, my God, I'm going to start volunteering for everything. <laughs> then what do I do? Is it wanting to be in control, not fully trusting that God will have my back? I've been there. I want my life to go in the direction that I want it to go in. I have my vision. Who knows where it's going to end up if I just start doing this loving thing all the time? I don't know where I'm going to end up. These are real predicaments. And so realistically, for 99.999% of us, it's a matter of degree, really. How far do we want to go? How far can we go? How much can we push that envelope of, of I, want, I want to open my heart a little bit more, a little bit more. I want to connect a little bit more. How much do you want to live in love and complete joy? A number of years ago, I came up with a two-step formula for success. <laughs> success in anything you do, in two easy steps. Step one, know what to do. <laughs> Step two, do it. <laughs> I have realized, by the way, that a lot of times, you know, I, I look at things and it's like, why isn't this working? And it really is because one of those two things. But sometimes when it comes to what is the loving thing to do, there are times when that's not always clear. Right? I want to be loving. What's the right thing to do? So there's, um, there's an exit off in 95 on my way to Home Depot, which would probably be many of your route too. And at the end of that exit, there's almost always a guy who's holding a sign. And it's asking for help. And sometimes it's a different person. And sometimes the message on the sign changes on that piece of cardboard. And sometimes they are in various states of being. And every time I see that person or anyone, it grabs me. What's the loving thing to do? Love others as God has loved you, Paul. Number one, know what to do. Number two, do it. So do I give? 
sometimes, even though every director of every homeless shelter I've ever spoken to has says, don't ever give them money because there are programs, but, you know, and a lot of times those programs are full. So sometimes I, I do that anyway because I don't know what to do. Sometimes I've given toiletry kits that our youth group has made. Sometimes the light turns green before I can reach back and get it, and I keep going. Sometimes I don't have that in my car. Sometimes I've offered to give them a sandwich or I just get them a sandwich. And sometimes they love it and sometimes they reject it. But you know what? It raises my joy for trying, doing something. Sometimes I've given them stop and shop cards and, and I know and I'm thinking, you know, as I, as I was writing this, I was thinking, you know, I, I think I'm gonna go get a number of stop and shop cards and carry them with me because I think that that helps. And that's something that I can do. And that's something that would give me more joy. And I know it would give them more joy. Could I volunteer in a shelter? I could, and I have. But then, you know, that's just one group of people in need. So how about the refugees? How about veterans? How about people who have just gotten out of prison and they need to get their feet on the ground? How about people who are depressed? And how about helping them? How about people who are suffering from PTSD? How about people who, whose loved one has just died? How about my children? How about the Native Americans, Ukrainians? How about those suffering from earthquakes and train derailments? And how about inner city kids who need educational support? How about people overcoming addictions? The list is overwhelming, right? And so the tendency might be, I can't address all of these things, so I shut down. Too much. Now the truth is, you can't do everything. Jesus didn't do everything. He didn't heal every person on this planet forever. Directly himself. But his love and his hand is still working and he did more through others, which is why we support others who can do more. You can't do everything. But as we also know, we can do something. <laughs> you can do something, and doing something, as we know, because we've all felt it, raises our joy, and it raises their joy. So what are those things for you? What are those things that will bring you and others closer to this ultimate joy that wouldn't it be wonderful to live in more? And this isn't just mission, loving others as God loves us. There are things like patience, 
support, encouragement, kindness, given a second chance, given a third chance, given a fourth chance. How many chances has God given you? Love others as God has loved you. Offering forgiveness, being generous, spending time with those you love, committing to honesty. How would you want to be treated if the roles were reversed? You and the person in need, golden rule. Doing something, loving as God loves you, creates that joy. Not exactly St. Benedict. You know where you are on the path. You know where you would like to be, ideally, ultimately. And you also know the secret key. And God leaves that choice up to you with the word if. If you keep my commandments, then you will abide in my love. It's as if Jesus is saying our attitude towards life is what determines life's attitude towards us. May you get as close as you want. May you get closer. May I get closer. Step one, know what to do. (laughs) Step two, do it. God bless you. Amen. get to celebrate this sacrament of communion, the bread and the cup that Jesus gave thousands of years ago to his disciples who understood part of what was going on and did not understand many other things that were going on. And you eat and you get nourished and you get strengthened. Just like you do in every meal, when you eat and you get nourished and you get strengthened, where you don't really know how it happens, but you eat anyway. And in the spirit of love, compassion, kindness, giving, caring, Jesus took the bread, gave thanks, blessed it gave it to his disciples and said to them, this is my body, which is broken for you. Take and eat of this. And as often as you do, remember me, embody me. In his spirit, in his love, we give you this bread.
Join together in the bread of life. On that same night and in that same manner, after dinner, Jesus took the cup and he poured it out. And after blessing it, he gave it to his disciples and he said, take and drink for this is the cup of the new covenant, the new promise that is poured out for you and for all. Take and drink of it, and as often as you do so, remember me. So ministering to you in his name, we offer you this cup.
This is the cup of love and forgiveness for us all. Let us drink. grace, let us now say grace. Loving God of this sacred meal and of all the meals that nourish us throughout the year, today we thank you that you use such simple elements, flour and water given leaven and light and time, soil and seed given water time to become vine which bears fruit. Moments and days turn to seasons and years filled with joy, filled with laughter. We thank you that you use all of this to draw us together as one family. Individuals given faith and a table around which to gather to become more. And so, Lord, we pray that you bless these ingredients and these moments that you use them to help us to feel your wholeness, to feel that common union that helps us to bear our own good fruits in the world. These fruits, God, that come only from your spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, and the goodness, God, that comes with knowing that you are good that you created us good, and so that in your love we may abide. This we pray in the name of perfect love, which is broken and poured out for all of us. Amen.
we go out into the world, may we go blessed, may we go strengthened, may we go with all of the great courage and justice and softness in our hearts, in our minds, and in our actions. Go now with all of this forevermore. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you.